Yo, what's up? All right, so yeah, so I'm Ben, uh, summer intern uh, here. Um, so yeah, I guess let's just get started real quick uh, with the first question. Why does Donut Hater hate donuts? You forgot some. You forgot the parentheses. Oh, I'm getting there, Tim. So yeah, I'm Donut Hater. Um, why? Because, okay. No, 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 no. It wasn't even half a donut. I threw away that much of a donut because I'm like, who's going to eat that? Who's going to eat that a little bit? But no. So I'm Donut Hater. Um, I don't hate donuts. I eat about like seven every Sunday morning. So if I eat seven, I'm like, I'm really a donut hater. But uh, I'm not a donut hater. All right. <laughs> Next question we got. Donut hater, For life. Not joking. Uh, what is the difference between jam and jelly? You know, for the longest time, I just thought people called jelly jam and jam jelly. Like, I just thought you could change them up. But hear me out. No. So you start off the same with jam and jelly. You put a whole bunch of sugar syrup with your fruit, and you basically just, like, boil it. Um, but with jam, you leave the fruit chunks in it. But with jelly, you straighten out all the fruit. Um, so that's, that's the difference. You just, you just leave, jam just leaves the chunks in there. Um, yeah, I said ill too. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah. Um, what is the average amount of poop inside an elephant? <laughs> oh, yeah, for those who don't know, these all came from students. I'm not the one coming up with these questions. So one of you, I don't know, who, I really want to know who answered this question. But, so I actually did the research for this. And... Um, so it's really hard to find the average amount of poop inside an elephant because depending what the elephant eats, they're going to poop at different times. And so because they don't have a normal poop schedule. So if an elephant were to hold his poop all day, and I mean, when he wakes up to not, till he goes to bed, hold it in, he would have, this is really disgusting, but I think Jonathan actually poops this much, um, a <laughs> hundred... 165 pounds of poop. <laughs> yeah. That is more than you middle schoolers. And a lot of you high schoolers. Probably everyone in this room besides me. But anyways, don't discriminate. But yeah, 165 pounds of dung. Blech. All right. <laughs> Next question. Ooh. <laughs> In your opinion, is Heather. If you guys don't know Heather, Heather is, uh, works for the church. Where is she? Oh, she's way back there. <laughs> yeah, um, Heather works with Caleb. She basically runs the whole youth group and everything. In it. <laughs> um, is she nice or mean? It's actually really tough. No, she is very nice. Um, unless she decides to give me a long list of stuff to do and has me travel all throughout Virginia picking up stuff, then she's a little mean. But besides that, no, she's actually pretty nice. Um, all right. Next question. Oh, we get the real one. How did people get to heaven or go to heaven before Jesus died uh, for their sins? So, uh... It's a real one. But all right, so uh, the question is, if we look in Acts chapter 3, um, which is the next slide. 
Um, 3, 18 through 24. 13. Oh, nope, see, it's three. That was my fault. I actually miss. Yeah, no. I thought I caught it before time, but I did. Um, but it says, oh, I'm sorry, I also didn't write this down. I'm a little, I wrote the wrong verse also on my thing. Oh, here it is. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that, it, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may, he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Next. Whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel to those who came after him also proclaimed these days. So uh, if we look in there, it talks about um, through Moses. Moses proclaimed that Jesus was going to come. That Jesus was going to come just like us. He says um, he would come from your brothers. Say, Jesus is going to come as one of us, be fully man, come down and die for us. So, in the Old Testament, these people had to live by true faith, by faith that Jesus was going to come. See, they didn't have what we have, how we have the Bible, we have all this stuff. They had to believe what was going to happen. Um... And to me, that just speaks a lot of how strong their faith really had to be. Um, and so I want to look at uh, Abraham real quick. Um, in Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. So most of us know the story of Abraham. Um, and Abraham was, was, a, was a man of God. He, he really lived out his life for God. But he was promised descendants like crazy amounts. Um, and but he was, was he, nine, 90 years old. And God said, you were going to have a son. And at that time, I mean, most of us know, at that point, who's really going to have a kid at 90, at that old? Um, but that just shows you how much faith these people had. How much faith do you have to put into that? Um, to trust someone that hasn't come. Um, again, just come back to that whole thing. That they're believing what is going to happen. Um, in Hebrews 11:8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to the place that, uh, which he would receive as an inheritance, he went out, not knowing where he was going. Abraham obeyed. Abraham went where he, he didn't know where he was going. God came to him and was like, pick up your stuff and let's go. Not knowing where the final destination was, but having that faith to step out, out of his comfort zone, out of everything he knew. And how often is it of us that 
we don't want to go talk to the person who's sitting by themselves. We may think it's right and that God will want us to do it, but how often do we not want to? How many times are we scared to go talk to that person? Or our pride, we don't want to associate with those people because we want to be thought of as cool. But Abraham had the faith to step out of his comfort zone and follow where God, um, God asked him to go. Um, another, another person uh, in the Old Testament, Old Testament uh, Enoch, there's not really much about him, um, but fun fact, he was the granddad, or the great-granddad of Noah. So that little, gives you a little timeline of where he fits in uh, in the Old Testament. But again, if we look in Hebrews 11, um, fun fact, Hebrews 11 is, right, a lot of, is known as like the Faith Hall of Fame. So if you like read through it, it's a whole bunch of like, there's uh, people in the Old Testament that are being talked about um, by their faith and how they live their life. But in uh, Hebrews 11, 5 through 6, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So Enoch, he was one of those lucky people. I mean, he got taken up to heaven before having to experience death. God spared him from having to go through the process of dying. Um, and it says that Enoch pleased God. But he didn't please God by doing all these great things. He didn't please God by, um, I mean, he did please God. Like, he made God happy by doing all these good things. But it wasn't what pleased him. What pleased him, what pleased uh, God was the faith that Enoch, he had. Um, so back in these times, um, it was before the flood. As we, we know about the flood, it was um, the world was evil. That God had to flood the earth, um, and he saved Noah. So Enoch had to have faith in those times when he was surrounded by evil, um, by everyone. So Enoch had, Enoch had to choose who he hung out with wisely. Um, because who we hang out with will actually drag us down into evil. Um, but Enoch had faith in God. Enoch knew that he had to separate himself from those people. Um, and I mean, that's true for my life too. So when I first went into college, um, so like I played soccer, so like I always wanted to be cool, I wanted to fit in. So I started hanging out with anyone um, who like I thought was cool, who had the popularity um, and it's by the grace of God that I got out in time before I got sucked into what they were doing. Um, and because I had friends get kicked out because of the stupid stuff they were doing and how easily I was getting drawn into that. But just by the grace of God, again, just skimmed out of there. Um, and that goes for us too. Who you hang out with, um, the popular kid, isn't always the right person to hang out with. Who you think is cool, who you want to hang out with, isn't always the person you should be hanging out with. You should be hanging out with people who are going to draw you closer to God, who's going to lead you in the right way, who's going to hold you accountable. Ah, uh, yeah. So, 
Again, without the faith, you can't please God. You can come to church. You can go on mission trip. You can go to camp. You can help out. But if you don't have the true faith, you're lost. It's with that faith that draws us close to God, that gets us um, that relationship with God, that gets us close to him, is that faith. It's not really what you do. What you do, it'll help out. It'll help out a lot. But without the faith, you're lost. Um, So, really what these prophets had to hold true to was or like just the people in the Old Testament, they had to hold true to what the prophets said. They didn't have the Bible. They had Old Testament, they had a whole bunch of other stuff in there, uh, laws and stuff, but they didn't really have the Bible. They had to believe what these prophets said, and that they had to believe that these prophets were speaking the truth. Um, and how easy is it for us to lose faith um, and drift away? But we have the proof. We have um, manuscript evidence, which is there are more original manuscripts than we have of um, philosophers who, have, uh, who we still believe in today, how we still follow the truths they've laid out, how we have there's um, more manuscripts uh, than Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates, these big philosophers. We have more original documents in the Bible than them. There are over 40 different authors in the Bible. Well, there are 40, and they all were written over thousands of years, and they all line up. And how easy, if we play the little, the little telephone game where you stand in a line and be like, you whisper whatever the little riddle is, but at the end it's something completely different. But for that to stay true, for it to line up, incredible. It's like the rare, like how rare that, that would be. Why does this line up? But also if you look in the Old Testament it's full of prophecies. Um, there were over 300 prophecies that were made in the Old Testament that in the New Testament they were fulfilled. How back in the beginning of said that Moses was preaching up the the son that was yet to come, that he was going to come as a brother, how he was going to die for us. There's no way that those prophecies were going to, would line up and would be fulfilled. And it's easy to say, oh, well, it's in the Bible. Okay, that's biased. But we have history evidence of Jesus coming, of Jesus doing these things that are non-biased, just written in history that you can't deny. There are other religions who even write about Jesus but just claim he wasn't God. So, what does that, what does it really mean? So like, we hear all this stuff, so like, so what? So, if they are able to do all that, what what stops us? We have so much more evidence, so much more stuff to, like, to prove it to us than they had. But yet we believe, or we don't believe, we doubt. Um, so I mean, 
How, how can we go all out? We have to be willing to put our pride aside, to be willing to do what's, to like not do what's fun, to do all that stuff. Um, to really live for God. I had a friend in high school. He, he was on fire for Christ. I mean, this man was just an example for how to live. He led worship in our school. He, he would go and like, he would have meetings with our headmaster and would pray for our headmaster and would help lead our headmaster as a 17-year-old. Because he, he listened to God. He knew what he wanted um, in life. He knew, he, knew he, he believed in God. And everything he did was for God. I remember um, he was in my small group in high school, and there was about, it was me, him, and about six, eight other people um, in the small group. We would just meet once a week, and we would just go uh, throughout the Bible and just study it. And I'd always remember how he always just wanted to pray. He wanted to pray for all of us, and like we'd get serious, we'd have real prayer requests, and he would just help us out with that. Um, and because he, he was constantly drawing to Christ, um, that he was able to really help us out. And he was just an example of how we should really live for our life. Um, this man was so on fire with Christ. Everyone knew about it. Um, two years, three years ago, he was driving home from his friend's graduation, our friend's graduation. And he was shot and killed in the car. Uh, dude was just going around and just opening fire on everyone and he was he was just in the wrong he was in the wrong place at the wrong time but what amazed me by this and brought me comfort was not that everyone was sitting there mourning about his death we were all rejoicing and by his death he still ministered to people. He wrote a blog um, about heaven like two weeks before he died and just how like he wanted to go and how it would bring him uh, tears of joy. But his blogs went nationwide. His blog was read by 20,000 people. From his blogs being like viewed by like 20 people because the way he lived his life, that when he died, all we could talk about was the faith he had, was how strong he was in his walk with God. Um, and that's just, that was just, just amazed me. Um, and that was something that I was like, man, like, I want that to happen when I die. I want my life to reflect God so much, to have that strong of faith in him, that everyone knows it. Because he separated himself from those people that were just do, doing evil all the time. Um, but still made it a point to minister to them, but wouldn't go and hang out with them all the time. Because he knew that you're going to get dragged in. He didn't live his life, his life in fear for what was going to happen. He lived for God. He lived for the end, which is 
Our re- the reward that Jesus has promised us by, him, by Jesus sending his son and dying for us, we now get to enjoy eternal life with God. And, man. He was on fire. Um, and that's, that's my wish for each and every one of you, that you'll have faith to move mountains, to be on fire. Like, you'll just be on fire. That through your faith, other people are going to know who you are. They're going to know that you follow the one true God. That each and every one of you are going to have wisdom while you're out there. Wisdom to separate yourself. To be an example for everyone out there. And just know that our God is a God of love, a God of forgiveness, that we may come from troubled past. We may have done bad things, but that doesn't stop God from loving you. God is going to accept you no matter what. You can literally come to God anytime you want. God is, is reachable. Anytime you want, God is there. So you may be like, oh, well, too bad. I screwed this up. He's never going to take me back. But no. He's going to be there for you all the time. He's, he's loving. He's forgiving. He's a just God. I just want to close out uh, real quick. Um, but as worship comes on, I want to challenge you guys just to really think. Think about God. Think about how great he is, how he is more than enough for us. How with God, we can do anything we want. We can, it says that we can move mountains. We can break through those chains.